welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And we have with us... Bridget Oliver. And... Holly Johnston-Cook. They're back. They actually came back. We we are not murdering our hosts, our co-hosts, because, you know, they come on once and then they vanish. Here's proof of life with two of them. Absolutely. And this is what episode? 60? And the week of? This one always oh, throws Roger. God. September, what year is this? Drum 2018. You got the year right. September 6th. Good enough. Okay. We'll call it the 7th. All right, 7th. 2018, episode 60, and this is our 80th actual podcast. On the 60th episode, 80th thing we've recorded, so... Yeah. So. You actually listened to some of our earlier stuff. That had to be pretty don't, horrifying. Don't go back. I'm not. Believe how, me, I'm not. How is this your 60th episode but 80th podcast? Because we do spinoff episodes. Oh. Roger does one. If you may have checked it out, uh, Film Cuttery Classics with him and Kevin reviewing some older okay. movies and doing some stuff. And we've done uh, festival coverage, which we don't call an official episode. Yeah, interviews. True. Yep. Yep, all that kind of stuff. Just kind of side stuff, little side projects we do. Yeah. So 80th total and 60th for the podcast. And it's great to have you guys on the podcast with us. That's awesome. Happy man. to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So it's a horror movie tonight. Roger braved it. Just so you know, I was teasing earlier online that he may not make it. And he did. He came with us to see The yep. Nun. We had to drag him, but he did come. I did. So falls in the air. You can buy your pumpkin spice latte. You can see football on Saturday. But it's not really cold yet. It is not cold if you're in this part of the country. It was freaking like 98 degrees yesterday. <laughs> it's hot in here now. It feels like 198 <laughs> in here right now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Adam. Go ahead. So we're in the fall swing. I'm excited. This is my favorite time of year. Halloween isn't that far off. It is not. We have horror movies coming to theaters like The Nun. And there's some special programming on TV. So the fall's yeah. here. Absolutely. Do you guys do anything special for the fall? I mean, Target needs to get their decorations in. I've heard from Bridget that Target is woefully time. lacking. The school in stuff needs to move out, and the Halloween stuff needs to move in. Absolutely. I have a fairly large party for Halloween and go all out with decorations. Can we talk about what's in your car right now? Mm. <laughs> if you must. <laughs> I saw this in the parking lot, so I thought I'd comment. Yeah, I have two skeletons. Um the police and aren't here yet. They're no. not here. Um, they're not in my closet. They're in my car. So in the back probably, seat. Yeah, in the back seat. I didn't look. So. Are they buckled in? No, but some I've done that before. <laughs> so yeah. you can drive in the, the carpool lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The people at work are noticing though. So. <laughs> HR has a special file now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some photos of Holly's car. <laughs> yeah. So so so, um, and Holly does man. The the parties. The Halloween party is is famous. We see the pictures on Facebook and. They go all out. They dress up the whole nine yards. Yes, so. I, I have a I have a casket that um, everybody tends to get into at some point in time for a photo op. <laughs> <laughs> um, some people have slept there. I'm not going to name names. So yeah, what goes yeah. on at the Halloween party? It's, yep, stays. There you go. Now Holly was with us before for three billboards. Yes. I think yes. that was the episode mm-hmm. you were on. Yeah. And when Roger was telling me about Holly, he goes, she throws the best Halloween party. So it was, here's Holly, here's what she's like. So the Halloween party came up as Roger's first reference for me of what you were like. Yeah. So it it stuck out to him at least. Yeah, absolutely. So, and uh, I'm in the minority here. All three of you guys are like horror fans. That's like your favorite genre, right? Of films, would you say? Roger, we've had this conversation. I know, At what point I, are you just going to admit you're a horror fan, too? I've never been outnumbered three to one. Mm. It's just no. crazy. I, you know, I am somewhat of a horror fan. He's, he's not I'm, ready to admit it yet. There. I'm, I'm getting closer each time to actually admitting it. But I guess you, you know, 
Well, eventually I'll get there. I think you're there, because when It Chapter 2 opens, I think you'll be there opening night. I'm not looking... <laughs> he hesitated way too much. He did actually hesitate. <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm not I'm not really looking forward to It 2. No? I'll be no. honest with you. That would make the two of us. You know, I, I just... <laughs> so you're not alone. I, I thought the first one was okay, and uh, it had some scary moments in it. But, you know, it was more of a kind of like a kid's scary from my 80s childhood, you know? So, yeah, but... I don't know. Them as adults retreading the same territory, I, don't, I just don't know if it really does anything for me. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are concerned. It's the weaker part of the book is when they're adults. So, it's true. So yeah. hopefully they'll change some things up and make it a better movie than book, yeah. but we'll see. But we're not here to talk about it. No, we're here to talk about The Nun. The Nun. So why don't we take a little listen to The Nun, and when we come back, we'll get into our thoughts of it. You're listening to The Film Coterie Podcast. I had a series of visions when I was younger. And after each one ended, the same thought would be stuck in my head. What did you see? I saw none. Word of my visions reached the church, and I was asked to accompany a priest to an abbey in Romania. The abbey has a long history. Not all good. What? Jimmy Hipdale. Kalyan's here. So we're here tonight to talk The Nun. This is the fifth movie in the Conjuring universe, which has now grossed over a billion dollars in the earlier four installments. And this is the third spinoff, the first two spinoffs being the two Annabelle movies. So if you've seen The Nun before, you've seen Conjuring 2. She shows up in some creepy scenes... And they actually recap some of this at the beginning of The Nun. The most effective scene was when she leaves the painting and you see her in the hallway. Like, who's that mom? And then The Nun is standing right there. So now we have a whole movie to explain, kind of, the origin of The Nun. And we're going to talk about it. So if you're not familiar with the Conjuring series, it is about the Warrens. This is a couple that actually wrote the Amityville Horror Book back in the 70s. And they researched all these paranormal activities. And this movie series follows them. Or it follows something roughly connected to them. Because this nun painting shows up in Conjuring. That's how it's connected here. So how does the nun work? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. This is a movie that is actually meant to be funnier than the other Conjuring movies. It has sort of a pulpy adventure feel. You have the heroes. Um, there's actually some humor in it. And the Conjuring series doesn't have this before. So that was the, kind of the first thing that struck me. is they're, they're striking a little bit of a different tone here. Roger, you've never seen anything Conjuring related, is that correct? Yeah, nothing. Okay, so what did what did you think of this film? Uh, well, you, you could definitely tell it was a part of a bigger picture because there were little certain scenes I was just like, okay, that's a reference to one of the other one of the other movies, you know. But um, overall, you know, I thought they attempted to kind of do more of a throwback, classic, maybe more of a classic horror film, you know, shot in an abbey, which is, you know, and then a graveyard, and it's got night scene and just i don't know it was attempted to be a throwback but it really wasn't very scary i gotta be honest with you i and you know i didn't i just was like oh okay you know yeah and that could be surprising to people because the trailers have relied heavily on scares the, the trailer like the first three times i saw the trailer i jumped all three times it's, yeah i even knew the scare thing was coming the second it's two. the best one yeah yeah they ruin it it's sort of a ripoff of um what exorcist three? Oh yeah yeah it is a ripoff of that it scene it is 
But yeah, they do show the best jump scare yeah. Yeah. in that teaser trailer. <coughs> but is, is this really a movie that you could spoil? No. I mean, you know no. what I'm saying? You There's know no what, big twists or turns. You know turns. what you're going to no. get in this kind of a movie. <clears throat> I will say this. I don't think it matters if you know anything about The Conjuring. It just bookends it, and it yeah. doesn't matter. I don't if you've know a lot about signs. The Conjuring universe, and it it was fine. Yeah. I mean, as far as following it, and I didn't need to know it. To and they give a little bit of a backdrop. Yeah, I they mean. did. Yeah. And it, it actually connects back to the first one. And you'll see that if you're familiar with the series, the way they tie in the, the story. Even though the nun came from the second Conjuring, they do kind of a loop around at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, I don't think this necessarily makes the Conjuring movies any better. The nun was scary by itself. I don't know that this whole backstory explanation of this Abby does anything for the character. I don't think much could help. No. <laughs> So sometimes not knowing the backstory makes it more scary. Yeah, generally I'm not a fan of origin stories. I think it's creepier when you don't know what the hell that thing is. It's down the, at the end of the hallway. And why it is what it is and why it does what it does. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bridget, what do you think? If you need some time to collect your thoughts, we can give it to you. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you, thank you. No, I mean, I, I didn't care for it as much. Granted, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Conjuring universe. I just... um. Some of the more particular details, like production design, and I mean, you guys mentioned some of the humor in it. I, I thought the production design could have been better. I thought we could have done without the humor. That would have made it scarier. I, I just, I was a little bit disappointed overall in just kind of the commercialization of non-horror, which is what I think they were playing on. Not non-sploitation, which is a separate genre, but non-horror. Please don't even go there. <laughs> don't don't insult nun exploitation like this. It is not nun exploitation. No, 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 no. But I, I mean, I do think they're trying to, in a way, kind of take advantage of um, a subgenre of horror that hasn't really been tapped into, which is nuns, which um, and gothic horror. I mean, yeah. this is very much gothic horror. Well, and that brings me back to the kind of the more classic, a feel attempt. You know, mm-hmm. they were trying to. You know, I expected to turn around the corner a couple of times and see like Vincent Price pop out and be like, "Now we're gonna hunt down the evil forest." You know, I'm the reinforcement kind of thing. You know, so yeah, it does feel like a Hammer <laughs> horror film, and you know, yeah. but here's the thing: it doesn't quite pick figure out what it wants to be. So it's not going the route of being funny. This isn't like yeah. the Mummy, where you have a Brandon Fraser type character, although the Frenchy character could have gone that way, being the hero and grabbing the axe and going after the bad guys, right? But then the yeah. humor kind of messes with the horror elements, and it's not super scary that way either. So it's, it's sort of just muddled. And it's not super funny. I thought no. it was the timing it's was corny. off. It's just yeah, it, it is was, corny. Yeah, it was, it was awkward. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking up right now. So I love the 1979 movie, The Killer Nun. That movie I have not seen it. is wild. I mean, there there's sexploitation, nunsploitation drugs i mean you name it it is wild and i mean the scary factor is more of the murder that takes place in it but it's hardcore so i don't know what the nuns competing with but it definitely isn't some of the older like horror nun movies for sure well i think the nuns trying to capture that it's fall kids are back in school they're ramping up they're looking for something to do. Here's the first scary movie of yeah. the year. 
let's go see. You know, they're trying to capture that high school. College dates. Yeah, college yeah. dates audience. And I think that's really Pre Halloween. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's you know, a warm up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and it, it just, it, it is what it is, you know? Um, it's not necessarily. It's a totally forgettable movie for me. You know, oh, yeah. No, I agree with you there. There's and, and, you know, there's no reason to revisit this. I mean, if you just caught it on Netflix, you know, it's fine. It's entertaining. I'll, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. But I, it's completely forgettable. Times, <clears throat> the thing that bothered me a little bit about the movie, there are times where it's shot beautifully. Mm-hmm. And you forget it's 1952. You feel like it's 1852, you know. But then it's like they have this beautiful c- uh, cemetery and the fog and the atmosphere and the music. And then they step into the abbey, and you're on a soundstage somewhere, and it's blatantly obvious. And there's blue lights and pink y- yes, lights, exactly. and right. you look like you're in a Rob Zombie video. Or and I'm I mean, like, oh, okay, that's a little different, you know. And there was a scene with the one nun running, and the lights are turning off, but it sounds like halogens turning off. Did you catch that? Yeah. And um, as a person who's really into Halloween, I kind of like to look at these movies for ideas and mm-hmm. to get uh, a, you know, visuals of what I'd like to do with props. And like, I noticed that the outside scenes, it almost reminded me of a model train town. You know, it was just poorly oh, yeah. done. It just looked, yeah. I don't know, like well, so many of the scenes were bad. Cheap. A couple of times when mm-hmm. they, shot cheap. The, they, they shot the flyby of the Abbey, it was obviously a model yeah, of the Abbey. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and, and as far as special effects go, like, you know, when there's images of the nun, it's like in certain aspects, in certain scenes, it was just just bad. Well, even I like the necklaces and the the, the rosary mm-hmm. beads. I mean, it just seemed cheap. Like yeah. I, I even leaned over to the person sitting next to me, and they were like, you know, I, I think back in that time frame in Romania, it would not have been like a cheap wedding. It probably would have been like a more ornate, like more. Yep. I mean, right. So well, yeah, I hear the you. production design definitely suffered. Which going back to the budget. It's it's interesting when this you is try high and connect end, but, the dots. Yeah, like, this is where did all budget. the money go? Was it just like in the actors and actresses, or I mean, right? So what what is a typical horror movie budget like? Um, for theatrical and not indie. Yeah. I mean, usually between ten and twenty. This was twenty two. Okay, I mean, this is so higher, higher for horror. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Blumhouse has made a name for making the five million dollar horror movie. They've been very successful for all their films, but he's very conscious of budget. So, hmm. I mean, this is on the higher end of mm-hmm. budgets for horror movies. That's that's kind of what I thought, just because they shot on location. Yeah. And they probably had a fairly big cast and crew. I'm not, I'm not sure where they shot on location at, but... Transylvania. They, I know, but... Well, I'm just saying, like... There was where a castle. I, in the movie, I didn't really catch it yeah. seemingly authentic. You wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought, oh, okay, no. that's it. You make a good yeah. point. I, I like the attempt. I like the idea that they sure. tried to, you know, to tap into that gothic you know yeah romanian whatever i I like i like all those things but it just ultimately just fell a little short for me just to be honest with you i also think they relied a little too much on the sexual tension between the nun and mr frenchie really i i mean how many times were we reminded that she hadn't taken her vows yet like it ten was, times, it's like a setup that didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was. It was. Yeah, there's no love interest. And then he no. just feels her up at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's gonna ruin the whole movie. I, I know. I know. He did fill her up. I totally <laughs> missed that. <laughs> the CPR. Okay. This is why you I know went. what I'm talking about. Which did not. He did no chest compressions. It's all about chest compressions, right? 
<laughs> oh, okay. You're talking about the CPR at the end? What? Are you talking about the CPR? I'm talking about where there's like a little, and then the folks listening can't hear, but where there's a little like, oh, you, no. And he just like brushes against like her entire torso from like top to bottom. Oh, hmm. oh. Yeah, no. Perv alert. Yuck. It was a little. See, this is why so we much. need to have y'all on the podcast. A little like this you is know. something that just went whoosh yeah, <laughs> right over my girls head. Catch on to this stuff. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Where do we go from here? Well, let's just talk about hmm. the acting. So yeah, absolutely. Oh. Hmm. All right. So I mean, this movie was in my wheelhouse anyway because I like gothic horror, and you have the castle in Romania that they're going to, and the. Just the look. So they have the the hero that's Frenchy. He's the strappy young guy that can is usually in this story the guy that's holding the door shut is the undead or coming through or whatever else. Right. You have the old veteran. He's the priest. He's seen some shit and he's <laughs> he's there to guide and usually get wounded and need someone else to step in. And then you have the young pure lion's final girl. You know, and she's the literally the last the nun. virgin. The virgin. You know, the last of the nuns coming to this place where there's been some maybe unholy activity. Mm. So you have the archetype there. They get split up a lot, of course, because, you know, it's a horror movie. They don't follow rules. <laughs> they don't follow rules. Ever. But uh, if you're familiar <laughs> with The Conjuring at all, Vera Farmiga's daughter, Tessa, is the lead in this movie. She plays an novitiate. And I thought she actually did pretty good in her role. She carries it. Yeah. Um, she's got a lot of scenes by herself and yeah. some scenes with other people. For me, she's the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. I thought she was really good. I, I liked her a lot. I thought I bought the... Um, the, the the purity or the innocence you know in her portrayal um totally was down with that thought she did great the 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 priest though he needed to man up dude i, I was really disappointed he, this guy's like the best the catholic church has to offer to fight these demons and stuff and that's know? damian bircher he played father burke i just thought man mm-hmm. come on i mean i expected an old grizzly veteran that'd be like ah you know this is this is level one stuff you know we haven't even got to the good stuff yet that's just what mm-hmm. i was expecting you know and they show us his history he's faced the possession before demonic yeah. possession of a young boy that's in his backstory he wouldn't even carry the blood of jesus christ I mean, why did, you know, he just pushed it off on other people. He always seemed to step up, and then when it really needed to matter, he would just check it out and kind of, yeah, like, kind of. Well, away. what's funny is you have this part of the movie where you're getting into the third act, and we're uh-huh. getting down to where stuff's getting real, right? Shit's getting real. Exactly. And he's out there dealing with his own personal demons, literally and figuratively, while she's get, figuring out what's going on, you know what I'm saying? It's like or, it's yeah. like almost like a role reversal. And yeah. and granted, there was the you know she, he couldn't go into the abbey because he was he was a guy, you know he wasn't a nun, so he couldn't go in. But I don't know. I was just like, okay. Right. He was studying the architectural plans of the abbey <laughs> by candlelight, <laughs> yeah. so that's very but important it did, part. It did really highlight the novitiate her her role. I think mm-hmm. it really highlighted her, and you know I think she, I thought she did great. I really liked. I, I wish her lines some... weren't as bad. Honestly, I, I also thought she did a good job. I don't want to fault her for what I think were just crappy lines. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, honestly, those yeah. are the only things I, I could really fault her on. That's not fair. And then we have Jonas Bloquette, who played Frenchie. Mm-hmm. He's kind of oh, rounds cool. out the trio. And he appears to be really French. Although he doesn't really have a French I mean, accent listen, in the movie. any guy that brings a cross that big into a bar i mean hello mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean i don't know what your story is but that was one of the best part that was one of the funniest parts of the movie well the he's whole... no comedic actor though that's for sure no 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 no, no. no. 
And then the rest of the nuns are sort of interchangeable. It was kind of hard to keep them all apart. Yeah. There's no real standout character nun. They could have worked on that. They could have honed that in a little bit more. It almost feels Mm -hmm. like there could have been one more, like, solid character in the film that had a significant role. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what else, Adam, from The Nun? Uh, I'll just say the director, this is his second uh, feature. His name is Corin Hardy. His first one I caught when it came out on VOD called The Hallow. And it's about uh, fairies and little evil creatures. And it's very much an Irish folktale, and I, I really like that one. So I was I had higher hopes for this coming off his first feature. Um, I don't think he's ever dealt with a budget like this. And, and, you know, he really had to deal with studio notes this time. It felt to me like the studio maybe had messed with this movie. I mean, it felt like... Maybe some angles mm-hmm. were added. I mean, some of the muddiness may have even come from the studio, not quite yeah. deciding what type of movie this really was. Yeah. So so here's the million dollar question. From you guys' perspective, <clears throat> what what makes this a better movie? What would you change to make this? Does it just need more money? Does it need less money? More money? I'm just saying, what, what makes it better? Because there were times it looked very chintzy and cheap to me. They should have marketed it for what it was and not like... Uh, like a true, I don't know. They tried to market it yeah. like it was hereditary. Yeah. And it's no, not. No, 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 no. You don't no. think? Okay. How did they try and market it like hereditary? They tried to make it I seem like it, was better real, understand like it was real, okay, from the person who gets scared by trailers. Okay. It had that same, oh, this scared the crap out of me feel. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can watch this. this is, I was not expecting more of a goth, mm-hmm. campy okay. movie yeah. at all. I was Fair expecting enough. like hereditary light. You know, and it was not that at all. I didn't even get scared one time the whole movie. So yeah. What was this movie rated? PG thirteen? I was just looking at it it might actually be R, which is really? surprising. I mean there's a way. No. Well you well, are Well first de- off with the marketing, they could have held on to the very best scare. I think we admitted that earlier, right? right. The best jump mm-hmm. scare was released in one of the but teaser that's what trailers. Draws what, what that was did... actually I think the teaser trailer that um I think ultimately got removed from YouTube. It was like a 30 second like teaser trailer that ultimately got removed because it like freaked people out. They weren't expecting it. Or they something. got they had great marketing because of that. It yeah. made the news when it got removed from YouTube. Yep. Too scary for YouTube. Yep. Yep. Um, it's rated R. Well, get no, out. No, you have to so realize they could though. have pushed it a little bit more. Yeah, it was yeah. not scary and it was yes. not dark and. And it's not a non horror movie. The only reason it was rated R is because you're dealing with the Catholic Church as the central theme and some of the adult issues. I'm sh- that had to be it. There wasn't much blood. I mean, very little. No. But Maybe. terrifying imagery can make it go from PG 13 to R. And I don't know that there's really that much in it, but I'm not the MPAA. There yeah. was way too much laughing in the theater. Yeah. For a rated R non horror. That was mostly movie. us. Yeah. But. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that, that but it's kind of true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't think this was that far from PG-13. They might have as well just gone for that rating to get more people in, younger age groups. Yeah, if this is rated R, that's that's really bad news cuz that's like the whole group of younger mm-hmm. teens. They'll still see it, but the problem is they buy tickets to something else. Yeah. And yeah. then go in. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So coming up, they have not announced a Conjuring 3. We always wonder if that final one is going to be the Amityville oh. horror. Yeah. Uh, next up is another oh. spinoff called um, The Crooked Man, based on the... <laughs> it is. It's, Stop it. <laughs> the Crooked Man showed up in Conjuring 2. He's getting his own spinoff. Um, 
and yeah, it's on a favorite. It's a f- fairy tale from over in the UK. I don't think we're familiar with it here stateside, but I know I've seen it in a few comics and stuff where mm. he's just a guy with a top hat. He looks like Slenderman because he's so tall. Oh right, okay. But he this came is coming back to me now. In Conjuring Two, he attacks. I mean, he comes through the front door. Okay. He wasn't CG. He was actually um, the guy from Two Pigeons and a bunch of everything. Harvey oh, Javier Bartet, I think, is his name. Botet. Yeah, he's a real tall guy, and I think he has Marfan syndrome, so he has the oh. long arms and can bend himself in all kinds of crazy ways. So he played the Crooked oh, Man in that. I know who you're talking about now. I want to know what the tagline's going to be. For the Crooked Man? Yeah. Like, not going to go down the straight and narrow or <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Conjuring... you thought it was safe. <laughs> the Crooked Man comes for you. <laughs> Get bent. Get bent. <laughs> That's great. So now the question comes. This is why we're not invited on on a That's regular true. basis. Yeah. <laughs> the question is now, would you recommend this movie? No. That's enough for Roger. Yep. No. For what purpose? Someone says, hey, I heard you saw The Nun. Would you recommend it? I mean, is there anything else playing that particular weekend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is. Oh, the, boy. Here we go. Oh, well, I mean, the summer was really light for horror. There was no. Outside of Hereditary, there was no oh, big. Yeah. Big release for horror this summer. I mean, Conjuring used to be the big summer release and Insidious from time to time. Mm. And there really wasn't anything this summer. So I think people are a little bit starved for it right now. I think everything's kind of gearing up for late September, October. That would be Halloween. We're going to talk about that. We're going to preview some of the movies coming up. Cool. So if somebody comes up to me and they say, um, should I go see The Nun? I would tell them, when was the last time you've been to the theater? If not, go see... Um, Crazy Rich Asians or The Meg or go see Searching or go see Mission Impossible Fallout or I would have like 10 films I would recommend before I would recommend I would not recommend The Meg above this movie okay but no I wouldn't recommend it either I mean I I like Conjuring and Conjuring 2 I'm a fan of both of those I mean I always tell people to watch that and And if you you like those they're much more serious they're much more serious than this one was and they're they're more in the vein of Poltergeist which is why I kind of like those movies with the family in danger and everything else going Mm -hmm. on so, I mean, I always recommend those two. And then uh, if you like them, check out the spinoffs. But don't, I mean, just check them out on streaming. I don't think this is worth going to the theater to see. But I it's agree. fine if you I caught it online. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for The Nun. When we come back, we're going to do our fall preview and uh, list some movies we're looking forward to seeing. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. back and we're going to do our fall 2018 preview adam's going to throw out what are we looking forward to in now we, we technically consider fall september and october right and then november and december is like oscar season or we'll something, call it award or? season we'll award do a different season preview. or whatever yeah. things have not yet been slotted in there for sure okay so um we got a lot of movies coming up it's the fall oh wait wait before we do that we do want to thank holly she had to step out and yeah. leave and so holly thank you so much for coming and being on the podcast so uh, yeah. Go ahead, Adam. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no worries. Uh, next week, we have two very interesting movies. First one, obviously, Mandy. That's not going to appeal to everyone, but it, it definitely appeals to me. That's Nicolas Cage as some kind of angry god. I don't know. He's some kind of immortal or something, and 
post-apocalyptic from the director of... That's next weekend? Next week, yeah. Nice. From the director of Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I mostly liked. I know you're excited for Mandy. I am excited for Mandy. Well, I like Nicolas Cage. And accepting babysitter applications as we speak, so I can. She's trying to join us next week. (laughs) There you go. Well, you know, you know, when they were thinking up this movie, they were sitting around. They were thinking, okay, so what are we going to do? We're going to take like Nicolas Cage. Oh boy. And then we're going to make him a god. Here we go. We're going to sit it in post-apocalyptic, and he's trying not to use his god powers. He's trying to be a normal Joe. Sold. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes and kidnaps his wife. Bikers. Mm. But oh, bikers! That'd even be better. So bikers are going to come. Is ki- Roger crapping on Mandy? Kidnap his wife? I don't know. I'll he better not be. H- hang with me. Hang with me. That movie sold itself with Nicolas Cage's godlike powers. Now, only way I'm going to like this. Did movie, you not see what's that sword chainsaw the, thingy he's got in yeah. the trailer? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's the, badass. The only way that I'm that gonna, sells the movie in and of itself. The only way I'm going to like this movie oh, boy. is if he goes full on Nicolas Cage, 110 percent. And see, I'd go the other way. Like, the only way I wouldn't like this movie. <laughs> I mean, there's a Cheddar Goblin in this. movie. Have you seen the Cheddar Goblin? The what? I'm sorry. There is some kind of cheddar goblin. I didn't know we had a cheddar goblin subgenre of horror just yet. <laughs> cheddar goblin? Cheddar goblin that everyone talked about after it premiered at South by Southwest or whatever. Mm. It's some macaroni and cheese ad with the cheddar goblin. And people love the cheddar goblin. He okay. became his own thing at South by Southwest. Okay. Again, that puts Hopefully it this that's a major positive a for me. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined the cheddar goblin for Mandy. I mean. So it should be fun. I'll say that much. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Uh, Predator also comes out next week. Yes, Predator Plus size is what we're going to yeah, call it. Yeah, he's bigger. I don't know what else they've done. There's Predator dogs in the film. Um, nice. That's about all we really know. I, I really... I A bunch w- of hooligans go after, you know. They they can't send the top of the top. You got to get the... Scrape the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the recap, I mean... The first Predator was killed by, a, like, a Delta Force guy. The, the elite of the elite, man. The second Predator was killed by an over-40 L.A. cop, Danny Glover. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember who, what happened in Predators by Robert Rodriguez. That's just not in my memory. I have no clue. I've seen it. Real, real quick, I'm fascinated by your off-the-cuff knowledge of Predator movies that you're just, like, oh, rattling off. No, no. This but keep is going, a, please. This is a I'm just, occurrence. I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm fascinated. This is a weekly occurrence on the film coterie. And in this one, which is The Predator, yes. I hope he's killed by Jacob Tremblay, the little kid from The Room who's in this movie. I nice. hope he kills The he's Predator. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's nice. in the trailer. He's in it. He's in a, like a he's in a little yellow raincoat like Georgie. So, White Boy Rick, uh, Matthew McConaughey, true story of a 16-year-old drug kingpin in I believe the 70s. Trailer's okay. I don't I don't really know how this one's going to turn out. Who knows? Yeah. Was that shot in Ohio? I don't know. Yes, it was shot in Columbus. Boom. <laughs> no, I think it was shot in like Cleveland or something. No, it, it was it, shot in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It may have been. I could be full of shit, too. Uh, We're so glad you stayed for the third episode. <laughs> the, third, the third segment or whatever. All right, well, this will get Bridget going. Oh, oh here we go. The oh, week boy. of Friday, September 21st, we have okay. The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which is Eli Roth's first non R movie. It's for kids. How do you think he's going to translate? Okay, here's the deal. I am happy 
purely on just going on the IMDb and looking at the tour photos. I don't even need to see the movie. I like seeing him and Jack Black yucking it up with everyone, talking about the movie. Yep. It doesn't even need to be any good. I'm fine with Eli Roth just being Eli Roth. Yep, me too. But you know what? It does kind of look like fun and having a four-and-a-half-year-old boy. Yeah. It's PG. I'm it's very excited PG-13. to see it. And you so, know yeah. what? Jack Black is amazing, and he looks like the perfect fit for that role. So I'm actually very yep. optimistic I, I and enthusiastic am, about it. I'm 100% with you as well. Absolutely. But Eli Roth, I mean, come on. Well, Kyle MacLachlan's also in it. <gasps> Stop so, it. I've just melted your heart. She's a huge Twin Peaks fan, mm. if you don't know. That sounds like a damn fine movie. There you go. <laughs> damn, damn fine movie. Uh, Sisters Brothers also opens up, which is the Western. It's a dark comedy with John C. Riley and Joaquin yep. Phoenix and, and Jake Gyllenhaal. It looks really good. Absolutely. I love John C. Riley. And we have Assassination Nation, which is... <laughs> We laughed about this earlier because some theaters, the name is just too long. It doesn't fit on the marquee, and I, I have seen it shorted, shortened on a digital sign to just Ass Nation. So I don't know how they're going to advertise it. It kind of looks like The Purge. I mean, it's it's the porn parody that's already, you know, yeah, it's already come out. I mean, it's... Do you know anything about Assassination Nation other than the trailer? I mean, it, it just, social media leaks, everyone it's starts killing each other. It's a revenge film, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they say it's based on a true story, but... I think it just looks like heightened revenge, everyone killing everyone. I've only seen the trailers, so I I can't add any more to that, but I am very excited to see it. All right, Adam, what else do we have? Now we're jumping to October, which is a much more packed month. In October, the first movie that's going to open it up will be Venom. I'm still cold on this, Roger, but you indicated that you are now actually kind of warming up to the property. I am. Yeah. I think if they go really dark, I think it could be good. Yeah. Do you think it fits? I mean, this is technically in the Spider-Man universe. Do you think this Venom who's See, eating- now I started to ask you about that because it felt more like an X-Men universe mm-hmm. than it does a Spider-Man universe to me. How on earth can you say that? What do you mean? That's it. Challenge him. Okay. How can I say what? That, that it's more of the Marvel Universe than the Spider-Man Universe. No, Isn't X-Men. that where it, X-Men? Yeah. Is, didn't it originate with the Spider-Man comics? No, 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 it does. What I'm saying is the feel of the trailer, to oh. me, is more X-Men in flavor. Uh-huh. It's dark. It's darker. Muted colors. A guy that gets transformed, you know, it's kind of... Into know, a monster. Into a monster. It's kind of got that X-Men feel. That's before. true. I mean, the Spider-Man movies, now that you think about it, I mean... They almost seem like a little bit lighthearted. No, Spider-Man is. Like Homecoming? Yeah, my I Spider-Man mean... is, is my, my daughter's favorite superhero by far. Because it's, what would happen if a high schooler, a high mm-hmm. school kid got superpowers? That's what Spider-Man is, you know? I so. mean, I'll never agree with Roger, but he may <laughs> make a point. Maybe make a point or two there. Yeah. So. And we have A Star is Born, which is the much-hyped Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. Now, fourth remake of this story. Yes. Fourth? fourth time this has been done the first time i saw this trailer i was blown out of the water and thought this is going to be incredible just hit every button for a roger in right. a movie you know but i've seen the trailer like three times now and i'm thinking i hope we didn't get all the best parts of this movie in the trailer <laughs> you know so i'm, I'm kind of trying to cool my jets and not and forget what i've learned about this movie and just go into it because i it initially just blew me away What's the most popular of the prior um, versions of the story? Probably the um, Barbra Streisand, 
Chris Christopherson version from the yeah. 70s. Okay, okay. Maybe 80, 1980, Got 1979. It. Okay. Yeah. And I think that was the second one. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Mm. Uh, the next week we have Bad Times at the El Royale, which I'm excited because it's from Drew Goddard, who did Cabin in the Woods. This is all these characters showing up at a hotel. Right. Everyone has hidden secrets. Yes. John Hamm's in it, right? John Hamm's mm-hmm. in it. Yes, I cannot Chris wait. Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was actually in Cabin in the Woods, too, so he's returning with Drew Goddard. Okay. Um, Jeff Bridges is the yes. priest. Cabin Love in the Woods was the so dude. much fun. The dude's in it. And this looks like the same vein where it may be some kind of meta fiction. Mm-hmm. A lot going on. I'm, I'm excited about this one. I forgot that was coming out. Yeah. Yeah, October 12th. Now, is this going to be hopefully a better attempt? It's not like in the Hotel Artemis vein. No. No. It, it's more of like sci-fi more. I don't think it's sci-fi. Um, I think, Adam, you bring up a point. I, I do think there's going to be something different about it that we've never seen <clears throat> in a film before. I don't know. I mean, would you call that sci-fi? or I mean? Yeah, I mean... It, fantasy? We say metafiction because right. Cabin in the Woods was about horror movies. You know, and maybe this is going to be some kind of commentary on whether it's the spy movie or the strangers at a hotel kind of movie yeah. where they don't know each other, but they're all somehow connected. That looks great, though. I can't yeah, wait. it looks I like can't it's going to be a lot of yeah, fun. That's I, gonna be fun. And that's when I hope the trailers don't ruin because the trailers don't give away much, thankfully, that the story, whatever it is, is going to be unfolded. They just indicate that shit's going to go down. Right. But you don't yeah, all yep. strangers. know what. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Don't know who's going to go first. You don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah, that that's exciting. And we have Goosebumps Haunted Halloween, which I don't know if Jack Black's in it. He's not in any of the trailers. The oh, yeah. The doll is back. Well, he's Slappy just, the doll. He's yep. listed in it. As, as he's listed, but he may just be the doll. Because in the first one, he played R.L. Stein. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he's going to be in, in this other than just the voice of Slappy the doll. And also that same weekend. Uh-oh. First Man. First Man. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to. Yep. Uh, that's the Neil Armstrong story of Ryan Gosling playing him. Can't wait. Uh, I think he's going to be perfect in the role. After seeing him um, in, um, oh, I forgot the movie he was just in. Hold on. Not Blade Runner. Yes. In Blade, oh, Blade Runner. Okay. In Blade Runner, where he plays that understated, like that quiet role the whole time. If, like, I listened to another podcast where they're kind of like NASA nuts. They're always going over stuff about astronauts and stuff. And it's like there's something about an astronaut that has this real quiet inner strength that just like draws people to them, but they don't hardly say anything. But like they'll walk into a room and everybody's drawn to him kind of deal. So I'm excited to see Ryan Gosling. I think he can pull this off. I'm, I'm, and and Damien Chazelle. Chazelle, yeah. Chazelle, yes, is just, oh, yes. It's a good change of pace for him because he's on Whiplash. He's on La La Land. Yeah. This is hot, cold, but yes. Which one were you cold on? I, I loved Whiplash. Oh, so you're cold on La La Land. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's okay. I think it got overhyped. Hey, I'm just spouting <laughs> truth out here. <laughs> Bridget gave him a look, and as you know from earlier, she said she was not going to agree with him, so I think we have another disagreement here. Oh. What'd you think of La La Land? I'm not a big fan of musicals. I thought La La Land was pretty, pretty damn fantastic. And I'm a big I thought fan. that was a great date movie, romantic movie. I just, yeah, I, I mean, kind of fell in love with yeah. it. I love the old Hollywood feel. Yes. So I love old Hollywood. Impeccable And, I, and I love musicals. I've seen a bunch of them. And it just kind of fell a little short for me. That's fine. I, I didn't, I, I'll just, I, let me say this. I loved the first two acts of that movie. I did not like the third act of the movie. Okay. 
that's where it really just was like, oh man. You know. I definitely like the first two acts more, yeah. so I'm. See, she continues to somewhat, agree with me. You somewhat, when we last I can talked, somewhat understand where you're coming from. When we last talked about this, you had not seen Umbrellas of Cherbourg. No. Okay. That's a better movie than La La Land. I love Umbrellas of Sherwood. That's kind I've of La La Land is based on. What's it's a French about? film. Oh, it's great. Yeah, you need to see it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know where it is right now. It, it's probably streaming, yeah. but it's a great classic. That homework's on you. You got to make sure I know, you see I need that. To find it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for, but I am first man. I'm totally looking forward to it. All right, so the week of October 19th, we have a few things going on. One, it's Nightmares Film Festival, which we've hyped. We're very excited about it. Absolutely. The first 13 have been announced. If you go to our website, you can see those. And before too long, we'll be announcing more more titles. I'll be playing it. It's going to be a really good time in Columbus, Ohio. Halloween comes out. There's a little bit of buzz about this one. What's that Halloween movie? What's that about? Thankfully, they have jettisoned all the side stories of Michael Myers. This is a direct sequel to just the first movie, not even the second one where she's in the hospital. Well, they're reshooting. Although the they ending. keep making nods to all the other films, there will be nods to the other films. <laughs> but so forget all the other films, but we're gonna pay thankfully, homage. To... <laughs> thankfully, no pagan curse from Halloween four and five, where you got marked as a baby to kill his whole family or whatever else they. Oh, were. those are the best ones. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Roger, if you shit on Halloween three, <laughs> I will never come back. <laughs> I explained to Roger that okay, good, good, why good. Halloween is different three, yeah. and that it was. <laughs> you did prep him. That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> I had to prep him because I figured you'd go over Smart. the table at him if yeah. you were to yes. offer disparaging remarks. Might get a little, remark. get a little big and bushy around here. Uh, that we we <laughs> also have an evening with Beverly Laughlin. Now you heard our interview with the Greasy Strangler. I'm an unapologetic fan of that film, so I'm very excited. Bullshit to see artist. The, bullshit artist. <laughs> I'm very excited to see the next film from the director, and that is An Evening with Beverly Laughlin, who now has Aubrey Plaza, Craig Robinson, uh, Matt Berry. Um, oh, what's his name from Flight of the Concords? He's oh. in it, too. He was just in Legion, too. The name's escaping me. Emily Hirsch? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, Emil no. Hirsch is in it. But weren't you saying earlier Craig Robinson... He plays Beverly Laughlin. Just Lachlan. grunts the I've entire. Heard, f- uh, that's what I've heard too. That's great. <laughs> His entire performance Fantastic. is nothing but grunting. Sold just it. on that. And he's Beverly Laughlin. He's the person everyone's coming to see perform at this hotel, <laughs> and just grunt. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, it looks good. When does that come out? You said October. October nineteenth, okay. my birthday. Okay. It's a little birthday oh, present to me. Good to know. Uh, October twenty-sixth, we have Johnny English strikes again. Who's in that? Does nothing for me. <laughs> me neither. This is Mr. Bean. This is Rowan oh, Atkinson. no. I've never been a fan. I, was, I, I just, was in high school, so I was like two decades ago. I can't believe ago. we went to October 26th and went to Johnny, Danger, Johnny English. But go ahead. Oh, I'm just getting it out there. that I was shocked to see this on the counter. I've not seen a trailer for it. I haven't either. It may get pulled from release, but it's, mm. it's marked as a nationwide release for that All day. Right. That's wild. Is there anything else releasing that weekend, Adam? There is. And that is Suspiria. I was going to say. Uh, I love the original. I don't know about this one. I was. I heard the new one's six and a half hours long. It is two and a half <laughs> hours long, which is twice as long as the original Suspiria. We'll be good. It. That's it played, a lot of beers. It, it did. It, it played at Venice to mixed results. Oh but, really? Yeah. But I mean, this was a movie you knew was going to be divisive. Oh well, yeah. Not everyone's going to like it. Some people will hate it. Some people will love it. It's going to be hereditary all over again. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was joking. We should do a six-month out the buttons. review of Hereditary Just and see what we'll say with it. Maybe I've soured on we it. We might have to do like a live like watch with commentary. 
So never people can a, hear a grown man be beaten well, on a podcast. This would be a good live commentary because Roger, if he had to see it with us, he's never seen oh, Hereditary. Oh, he's never seen Hereditary. We'd have Come to on. do it in here with the lights on. Yes. Well, yeah. So is it a date? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not committing to anything. Wait, wait, we'll hold on a second. How did we get on Hereditary? What were we talking about? Suspiria. 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 It's going to yeah, be yes, divisive. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think some people will really love it, and I think others will. Well, sure. I don't think there's going to be much middle ground. you know ground. what? It's going to be the same thing with Halloween and all these other movies. We're getting into that time of the year where all the big, the big highly anticipated movies are coming out. and. Yeah. Some of them are very different, and this is where it's going to really tap into the various um, subgenres and what people like in particular with horror movies. I mean, this is where yeah. we all like different types of horror movies, and luckily there's enough to go around. We don't all need to like the same ones, but hey, there's something for everyone that's coming out. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think Halloween's going to aim to be the crowd pleaser. I think they're playing it fairly safe. And they're gonna... It's going to do well in the box office. Oh, yeah. There yeah. hasn't been a slasher, like a mainstream slasher, in a long time. Well, and just seeing Jamie Lee Curtis again mm-hmm. on the big screen as such a badass woman, and I mean... That's going to be great. If we can just take a second to recognize Jamie Lee Curtis has aged quite yes. well. It's all the Activia. Jamie Lee Curtis, Barbara Crampton, I mean... Yeah. We, we have... Um, we, we, we've got some strong women in, in, in these roles that it's it's good to see him again on the big screen. Absolutely. Well, Linda Hamilton's coming back in the oh, Terminator. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yep. It's great. I love it. Somehow Sigourney Weaver's back in the next Avatar, even though I'm oh, really? pretty sure she's dead. All of my crushes from the 80s are coming back. <laughs> yeah. Roger's uh, going to be beside himself. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's awesome. So that's it. I mean, we got a lot to watch over the next two months. Um. I'm going to do a preview for Fantastic Fest. We're two weeks out. There is an amazing lineup already announced, and we're going to get another wave. We only have two waves announced. It's mind-blowing. I'm just waiting for my invitation. (laughs) So is Roger. (laughs) I know. It's the best lineup, fingers crossed, I think they've ever had. It's very strong, and this is good, because last year they had some scandal. We didn't know how the studios were going to react to the Fantastic Fest as a whole. And... I think we got a pretty good clear sign. I mean, Halloween is opening night, you know. Right. So the studios aren't shying away from them at all, which is good. And I'll say this. Did you hear about anything out of Venice about the, there were really no female directors there whatsoever? Oh, no. Yeah. So there's been a lot of backlash against Venice. Oh, wow. I will say this. This will be my fifth Fantastic Fest. It's always been great for inclusivity as far as, you know, diverse filmmakers, men and women. So many viewpoints that Fantastic Fest has never, it's had problems. But as far as a very inclusive lineup, has always been incredible for world cinema and everything else. Well, just hearing you talk about just the nature of the whole festival, how they don't separate the house and the have-nots or anything like that. It's just everybody together. Just be cool. Have fun. We're going to show you some great films. That's my kind of festival right there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think it was about the diversity in the programming. I think no. some of their challenges were more about... staff. Yes. Some staffing, yep. Yep. human resource related issues and how they were handled yep. or lack thereof over yep. time. So, you know. Yep. But I'll say this. I mean, Fantastic Fest, I think, should be a model for some of the, I mean, just their programming board is just great. <clears throat> and it's good to see they come out and introduce the films. I mean, bar none of the festivals I go to. It's a great lineup, yeah. Yeah. They just have such a great international programming team. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, that's our summer, that's our fall movie preview. Yeah. 
I think that's going to wrap it up then for this week's episode of the Film Coterie. So, well, Anything thank you else? again for having me on. Thank you, Bridget, for coming. I'm glad you didn't kick me off. No. no we hope never. you come back next week for Mandy. Oh. Well, yeah. There you go. Roger's babysitting, so I definitely <laughs> would be able to. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Adam, how can they get a hold of us in the interwebs? The best way is always on Facebook. We're on Facebook.com, just backslash Film Coterie. We also are on Twitter and Instagram. Same handle on both. That is at Film Coterie. All right. That's going to wrap it up. We'll see you next time.